Okay, let's get this started. <laughs> My name is Sebastian Mirabuccelli. I'm your multimedia editor and your host for Gator Talk, a Golden Gate Express podcast that brings news to EFSA State students. For more information and coverage, check out the GoldenGateExpress.org or at Gator Talk Pod for all social media platforms. Here's a quick preview of the show. I'll be updating the audience with a quick news brief with news that happened this week that matters to EFSA State students. Reporter Nick Massoni, photo editor Juno Oeda, and I went to Estes State campus to work on the main story. I'll later speak with a reporter from San Diego State University, The Daily Aztec, and assistant news editor from Cal State University of Northridge, The Daily Sundial, to get a different perspective of how the vaccine rollout is going. So here's the news brief. February 1st marks the start of Black History Month. Expect stories from our team of reporters to highlight Black stories. February 2nd was Groundhog Day. We'll have six more weeks of winter. February 2nd was Groundhog Day. Again. And outdoor dining is open once again in San Francisco. However, the pandemic isn't over. You should consider double masking due to the different COVID variants popping up in the states. February 12th is the last day to drop or withdraw classes with a W grade. So here's the main story. I'm going to set the scene up with the help of Golden Gate Express campus news editor Jess McGill, who wrote a brief over the weekend, and campus news reporter Nick Massoni, whose story will go live this weekend, documenting the first day of the vaccine rollout on campus. Starting Wednesday, February 3rd, San Francisco State will be providing a space for COVID-19 vaccinations, according to an update posted Friday afternoon by Student Health Services. The vaccination program is being directed by the San Francisco Department of Public Health in conjunction with Safeway, which will be providing the medical personnel and vaccines. SF State will be hosting the vaccination effort in the Mashouf Wellness Center every Wednesday and Thursday. According to Student Affairs and Enrollment Management Associate Vice President Jean Chelberg, who has been actively engaged in helping to plan and shape the university's response to COVID-19, the campus will see up to 300 vaccinations per day. I think lots of us are excited that there is a vaccine or our vaccines are available now, Chelberg said. And anything that we can do to help and support distribution of the vaccine is a win-win for everybody. In an email sent out by Student Health Services Director Roger Elrod, the department reiterated that while SF State is hosting the vaccination site, it is not responsible for determining eligibility. SFDPH is currently offering the vaccine to city residents or workers 65 and older, as well as those with a high exposure risk. SF State will be providing its facilities for vaccination free of charge, according to Chelberg, although not without getting something in return. In exchange, we're given the opportunity to invite anyone affiliated with San Francisco State who meets the eligibility requirement to register, he said. At about 3,500 cases per 100,000 residents, San Francisco fares better than the California average of over 8,000. But with over 30,000 reported cases and 317 deaths, San Francisco still has a long way to go towards mass inoculation. Only one week after the city announced its first mass vaccination site, SF State has announced its intent to be a part of that effort. This is Nick Mazzoni narrating his leading upgraph for the story that will go live this weekend. At 8 a.m., the sun was fighting to break through SF State's typically overcast sky. A single file, socially distanced line of about 20 people started at the front door of the Mashouf Wellness Center and it stretched to the sidewalk of Font Boulevard, 
where people were patiently waiting to receive their first COVID-19 vaccination. Kansas State is one of the latest CSU campuses to become a mass COVID-19 vaccine distribution site and will have started vaccinating students, faculty, and residents by February 3rd. It was historic to see essential workers and politicians receive the vaccine, but more historic to finally see the vaccine rollout on our campus, and especially in our city. The San Francisco Department of Public Health, working alongside Safeway Pharmaceuticals, will be overseeing the vaccine rollout, providing medical personnel and vaccine doses. The plan to vaccinate eligible residents have fluctuated from the original posting in late January. At the time of reporting, due to the low availability of doses, residents that were 75 and older were deemed eligible. Due to the increased demand, Safeway Farm has now lowered its residents who are 65 and older. I spoke with Student Affairs and Enrollment Management Associated, Vice President Chin Chelbert. He's the go-to person for anything COVID-19 on campus. So I wanted to talk to you about the vaccine rollout um, at FC State this upcoming Wednesday. But by the time the listeners get to listen to this, uh, it'll be Friday. Um, what is this? Uh, first of all, how did we uh, how did we get here? Um, certain CSUs yeah. were able to get the vaccine earlier. And so if you could walk me through yeah. Right. So, you know, some CSUs in the system have a pretty involved relationship with their local county and city department of public health um, so that they're actually a site for mass vaccines, whether it's for the flu or something else. Uh, we have a really good working relationship with SFDPH at San Francisco State, but we've never really been other than just our uh, limited student uh, flu vaccine program that we run every fall. Uh, we haven't ever been a, a big site for the community. So some campuses actually are uh, regularly serve the community. Uh, so we uh, reached out, uh, President Mahoney asked uh, us to reach out to the city and county of San Francisco to see whether or not they would benefit from having a site hosted at San Francisco State. And they were very excited to hear that we were willing to host a site and uh, so then that happened in early January. And so we've been busy all month working with the San Francisco Department of Public Health and their contractor Safeway Pharmacies uh, to make this happen on campus. This is Gene Chelberg answering some questions I've asked in an earlier call this week. Thank you for that. And I, I know this is like a glaring blimp on everyone's uh, you know, laptop or phone when they're reading the news, Safeway Pharmacies, right? Right. <laughs> and um, I think that when in the newsroom, we were like, so when we we're discussing this, should we mention, mention their name? Like, is this <laughs> like an ad for Safeway? But this is just because it's Safeway Pharmacies. Right. So this is Safeway Pharmacies. So, you know, they safe, most Safeways have a pharmacy inside the store. Um, and they have contracted with the city and county of San Francisco to um, provide uh, mass vaccination uh, clinics. And they will, it will be their staff who are providing the injections. Uh, they will track eligibility. Uh, so they'll do all of that. All we're doing is providing the physical space uh, the maintenance and cl cleaning of the space, 
And we're also providing student volunteers to help staff uh, the kind of manage the line, make sure people have their paperwork filled out, checking people in. Um, so so that's, those are the pieces that we're providing. I went to the vaccine distribution site along with reporter Nick Mazzoni when it opened Wednesday morning before our newsroom even met. The goal was to interview the first two people receiving their vaccine, but due to the privacy and consent issues, it was recommended by Safeway Pharmacy that I stop recording video, stop taking photos, and have zero interactions with the patients as they rest for 15 minutes after they receive their dose. This is a standard procedure that happens just to ensure that there's no reaction to the vaccine. To remain ethical, I have nothing to show for the podcast. What I can say is that it was historic to witness the first two people on an SS State campus receiving the vaccine. I was contacted by Gene Chelberg and AVP Michael Scott to meet Dr. Beth Helwig. She is the Vice President for Student Affairs and Enrollment Management and was slated to receive the Pfizer vaccine at Mashouf Wellness Center later in the day. Photo editor June Ueda and I waited for her arrival. So like, I have to ask, like, how are you feeling? Wow, oh. I'm so excited to be here. I'm just so grateful to all the scientists who developed this vaccine. I'm so happy about the university hosting here and Safeway. I'm thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> when did you find about when did you find out about the, the vaccine program being held here as a state? Well, I knew that I'm, a, I'm the vice president, so yeah. at the administrative level, we've been talking about it. Um, and so I found out about it about last week, And but to, I just found out I was going to be able to do it yesterday. Ah, okay. Originally, it was just going to be for people 75 or older, so I'm not quite that old. <laughs> <laughs> that was a clarification, the clarification I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Helwig continued to finish answering a questionnaire about prior medical history. June and I stayed with her as we got closer to the gym where the vaccine waited for her. <clears throat> I'm just finishing this real quick. Would you be the first one in your family to receive the COVID vaccine? Uh, my brother-in-law in Florida has been able to get it. But oh. other than him, I'm sure. sure so. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really happy. Can I take aspirin? If you also don't mind me asking, um, has anyone in your family uh, been sick with COVID-19? Yes. And you've, of course, been playing it safe. Oh, my gosh, yes. I've been uh, isolated. I've been working virtually since last February. So it's been almost a year. Yeah. My sister, my brother-in-law, and my nephew in Arizona and New Mexico all have COVID. And so pretty severe cases, but they have their daily cases. So oh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear, yeah. We got through another checkpoint and we were inches from the door. Photo editor June was able to get a window light portrait before we went in. As he took her photos, I was able to ask her a few more questions. Are you afraid of needles? Uh, I'm not fond of them. <laughs> but I, I think for a half a minute of my life, I can, I can deal with a little bit of pain to have this protection. This really is potentially a life saving Dr. Helwig was able to receive the vaccine and recover just fine. She'll receive the second dose in about three weeks. Amidst the positivity regarding vaccinations, there's still the ever-present threat of different COVID-19 variants popping up all over California and the rest of the United States. Gene Chelberg tells me how to go on with the ever-present threat. 
here's here's the deal at the end of the day, right? So the vaccine is awesome and it will get us eventually to where we need to be. But even once you've been vaccinated, you still need to mask. You still need to physical distance. You still need to wash your hands. You still need to stay home if you're sick um, because you know it's just gonna be a small percentage of people who have the vaccine. And so folks are still gonna be transmitting the virus. And so the biggest thing is don't stop doing what we've done so well at San Francisco State. We've done such a great job with our face-to-face, -face, limiting our face-to-face -face interactions and the folks that have, have been face-to-face -face have done such a great job of wearing face coverings, maintaining that six foot physical distancing, washing their hands, staying home when they're sick, that our numbers are really low. If you look at our numbers compared to the rest of the CSU, our numbers are really low. And we know some of that is people aren't reporting, but we also know that you know, folks have really taken this seriously and President Mahoney and her leadership team have really limited the numbers of people who are on campus. And so we're really proud of that and we want to, stay that course right we got to stay that course um and yeah double masking you know it's it's the next step we're gonna take a quick break support the golden gate express work by signing up for our online newsletter following us on instagram or twitter at ggx news and visiting the website goldengateexpress.org interested in advertising with golden gate express Check out our advertising page at goldengateexpress.org slash advertising. Our editor-in-chief, Chris Ramirez, launched the First 100 project that chronicles President Biden's first 100 days in office. So check it out at goldengateexpress.org, and it's in the in-depth category. This is Patrick Doyle. He's a staff writer with the Daily Aztec at San Diego State University. I've been doing a lot of coverage recently about the pandemic and how it relates to our community. And I think it's really cool that I'm going to be on your podcast and be able to tell some listeners in San Francisco about what's going on in other parts of California. Patrick and I spoke about the situation in city and county of San Diego, where the county is still at tier one and cases are at 241,018. There were 968 new cases at the time of reporting last night. I was following how the San Diego State University is handling the COVID-19 pandemic. I have been following San Diego State University and how they handle the COVID-19 pandemic. In the previous semesters, partying was frequent among students on campus. Now with the national vaccine rollout, San Diego State is aiming to have in-person teaching. Um, and with that also, um, I do remember reading your article that there is a... Um, in-person teaching was is going to move on it, to March, right? It was delayed from February to March. And how's that still looking right now? Yeah, that's right. Um, our in-person instruction, and keep in mind, we're not on campus, a majority of us. There's a very small population of SDSU that's on campus, actually living there, actually attending classes. It's mostly your bio majors, people who need to be at labs in person. So for them, this is going to be a really big hit. It was originally, they'd postponed it once until February, I believe. And then they announced recently they postponed it again. Now it won't be until March 1st that currently approved courses are going to be allowed to resume in person. So until then, all those courses are going to be virtual. So basically everyone who's on campus and came to campus specifically for the reason that they had in-person classes 
they're going to just have to wait, keep doing virtual learning until hopefully March 1st. I mean, there's a possibility that they delay it again, but I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and hope those case numbers don't spike another time. So this is Patrick Doyle, and he's reporting from San Diego. And the, uh, I know, uh, and maybe to the best of your, to your ability, and that also goes with the student body reaction to for the va vaccine rollout and also the in-person teaching by March 1st. Mm -hmm. If you could like, like uh, tell me how that's also going for students. The, the vaccine rollout? Uh, no, no, um, the in-person like teaching. Oh, um, so I have a few people who are on campus. Um, I knew more people last year who were on campus than, uh, sorry, last semester that were on campus than this semester. Um, because since people kind of learned like, yeah, it kind of sucks to be on campus during a pandemic. Um, last semester, I know it was really rough for people. Um, a lot of the in-person classes, while masks were required, people were frequently seen without masks on campus. I can't speak to in the actual classrooms, but I, I've been to campus recently. I've seen plenty of people without masks. It's gotten to the point where um, uh, people have limited their enforcement of the rule. Um, you know, occasionally someone will say, hey, put on your mask, but I've definitely seen groups of people walk by SDSC police and it's not being enforced. Not that I necessarily expected to. The good news is a majority of people are wearing masks and it's, it's going well on the health front this semester. I mean, we're still on an uptrend. Um, SDSU sent out an email on January uh, 22nd with data from the first semester. Just in the first few days of the semester, there were three total positive cases among students associated with campus housing. They sent out a follow-up email a week later, that number had increased to 18. So we're already on the rise, but the good news is when you look at those numbers, they're not as drastic of a spike as they were in the fall semester. In the fall semester, I believe we had over 1,600 cases connected to San Diego State that were reported. That, that was really bad. The Cal State University of Northridge in LA County is one of the latest CSUs that opened up to be a mass vaccine site. At the time of the reporting, the Cal State University of Los Angeles and Cal State University of Long Beach have also opened up to distribute the vaccine. One in three in Angelinos are infected with COVID-19. I spoke with Trevor Morgan. He's the assistant news editor of the Daily Sundial, the newspaper of Cal State University of Northridge. CSUN has been going back and forth on this, like whether we're gonna do in-person classes or not. And they've always leaned on the, on the side of that they're not. Um, I think a lot of people were hoping that this semester was gonna be in person, uh, but you know, the grumblings and the rumors and uh, you know, kind of what we're hearing uh, through the grapevine was that that wasn't really going to happen uh, and we're going to be lucky if we get to it in fall. Uh, you know, and then we have a new president, Erica Beck, uh, and she sent out an email and she said, yeah, there's going to be some in-person classes this semester, kind of like how there was last semester, um, but things are going to pretty much stay the same. Uh, and she hopes that we're going to go back to school, go back on campus in fall, but um, you know, no one gets to decide when this happens. It's kind of the virus that decides when we go back.
This is Trevor Morgan. He's reporting for Northridge. So uh, what should F State students expect about uh, having a mass vaccine center on campus? Well, I hope they think it's a good thing. Uh, you know, I like I said, I don't know how everyone feels about what it's like at, C at CSUN, but I hope they think it's a good thing too. Um, you know, when we heard about it in the newsroom, I could tell you how we all felt about it. So it was pride for sure. We, we were very happy to know that I, it's it's the big news of the campus is that we're going to be, you know, making history, you know, be one of the vaccine distribution points. Hopefully it'll make it easier for people to get vaccines. Hopefully it'll be easier for students to get vaccines. And the quicker that we can all get vaccinated, we can all go back to school, which is something, you know, we all want so badly. So, um, you know, people at San Francisco State, uh, I hope they see it as a good thing and that, you know, it's it's our step closer. It's our hope, our light at the end of the tunnel for, for going back to school. To reiterate, by the time of reporting, the Cal State University of Los Angeles and the Cal State University of Long Beach have also opened up to distribute the vaccine. And there's more to come from the CSUs. And that was the episode. This is Sebastian Mino Bocelli. I'm your multimedia editor and your host for Gator Talk. New episodes will premiere Friday morning, so stay tuned. And with that, I'm signing off.